Today we're going to focus on another aspect of God's character. And we've kind of, over the last few weeks, loosely been looking at different characteristics of who God is. And this morning I want us to focus on the God of peace. God is our peace. Um, Now Liz Potter isn't here today, but many of you will know Liz Potter. I have known Liz Potter for about 35 years. And um, when I was 13 or 14, she used to take a bunch of us uh, on adventure holidays down to Devon. They were called go-for-it holidays, and we would all pile into a couple of minibuses. And uh, basically, I think Liz's aim over the five days was to traumatize and scare us as much as she could. She would chuck us off mountains. She would throw us down uh, raging rivers in rafts. Um, But this one time, we didn't know what we were going to do. All I remember is, in the two minibuses, we headed off um, into deepest, darkest Devon to a council estate. And we're kind of thinking, well, what what are we doing here? And we kind of drove through this estate. And then basically, there was like a manhole cover. And um, under this estate was a whole, um, uh, I suppose, it was like a a cathedral of caverns and uh, stuff like that. And we went potholing. Who's ever been potholing before? Who likes small, dark, wet places? No, if you don't like, uh, if, if you don't like dark places and claustrophobic places, this was not for you. Anyway, we all got decked up, uh, helmets on, lights on, and yep, yeah, Liz sent us down with some experts um, into these caves. And um, I have never been slender. That's all I'm going to say. Never been slender. Um, and um, we, we spent, I don't know, it must have been about an hour or so underground. And they were, they were climbing through these caves. And there would be moments where you have to duck under the water. And then you'd pop up in another cave. And at one point, there was this section that was like a wedge. And uh, you had to climb through it on your tummy because you couldn't walk through it. It was that, that small. And um, the wedge was like that. So the ground was sloping sideways into the wedge that way so as I was going forward I was also sliding sideways until finally I was wedged stuck I was not moving anymore and um, I'm really not one for dark claustrophobic places and I utterly freaked out I mean I was screaming like no one has ever heard a scream before remember I was only 13 I was young um (laughs) I thought I was brave, but I was not. Um, and uh, the, um, the guy that was with us, the instructor, came alongside me, and I was literally screaming out, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, and I just thought, there's no way I'm ever going to get out. And all I could think about was the tons of rock above me, and I was screaming at him. And he came alongside me, and he just looked at me and said, John, John, you're okay. Breathe, breathe. I'm here. I'm with you. I'm going to get you out. Calm down. And as I began to look at him, as I began to look into his eyes, I began to calm down because I knew he was there with me. And this sense of peace began to come back. He did get me out. And when I realized I only had to like wedge myself up and I could move again, I felt a bit stupid. But hey, um, I was only 13, remember. So, um, and I'm sure many of us have had experiences in our lives when um, we felt like we're trapped and we're stuck in a cave. where peace has left the room, or maybe we felt particularly anxious or stressed about a situation that's going on in our lives. Maybe we've just felt out of control. And then this irrational sense of panic comes on us. 
and you feel like screaming at someone or you feel like shouting at the world or you feel like shouting at God. And I know I have been in that place many times. And there is a lot going on in our world at the moment, if we're honest. The economy is a bit of a mess. Whose mortgage has gone up? Mine's gone up. Not good. Whose rent's gone up? You know, we've got fuel bills that are crazy, food bills that are crazy. Um, there is a lot going on. We've got a war going on in Ukraine. Um, stuff's happening in our lives that maybe we don't understand at the moment. Maybe there's things going on with our own finances or with our health, or maybe there's a relationship issue in the family. Even things here at church are feeling a little bit unpeaceful at the moment. We've been in a time of, of bumpiness. So as we navigate all of these stresses that life can sometimes throw at us, how can we find and maintain and unlock peace? Who do we go for for peace and how do we unlock peace? Um, does anyone have a Kindle? A few of you have got Kindles. My wife has a Kindle. I am sure, I keep telling myself, that it is her second best friend after me. However, it is always the last person she speaks to at night. Uh, is her Kindle. Uh, but if you don't know what Kindle is, it's Amazon's e-reader. And uh, the verse that we're going to focus on this morning is the single most highlighted verse anywhere on Kindle. And did you realize that the Bible is the most read and highlighted book on Kindle as well? And the passage that we're going to look at, um, Paul is writing to the Philippians about how to unlock peace and how to find peace and how to map us and lead us to the God of peace. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7, and it says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. And um, just for a bit of context uh, for this verse, Paul is writing to the Philippians, and they are having a pretty tough time themselves. They are being persecuted for their faith. They're being persecuted for following Jesus. And Paul also is in a bit of a terrible time. He is writing to them from prison, and ultimately that period in prison ends up with Paul losing his life. But as Paul writes this to the Philippians, he was doing for the Philippians what that guy was doing in the cave for me when Liz Potter sent me down a manhole cover in the middle of Devon. And he was saying, don't look to me. Don't look to me. Look to God. Breathe. Look at me. Breathe. Look at me. And this is such a simple truth that we can all too often forget in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of whatever life throws at us, there's this most basic and simple yet important truth. When we're faced with anxious situations, when we're faced with troubles, we need to go to God, to look to Jesus. And what Paul is saying here is that we can bring any of our requests to God, anything, and we can be really specific in those requests too. And... Um, Sometimes I think there is this root of fear that can sit in us that underlines some of these requests. And actually, the prayer that would most help us 
is the prayer, Lord, help me to trust you. Help me to trust you. Help me to trust you with my money worries, with my family, with my work, whatever it is, help me to trust you. And when we get to that point of trust, peace follows, even if we haven't seen the answer yet. But um, if we're honest, trusting is hard. I find it really hard. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I find it really hard. And um, often when we're struggling to trust, we can do one of two things. First thing we do is we can ignore the problem. Um, a few years ago, um, my car had a couple of problems, and every time I went out, the um, temperature gauge would go up and up and up, and then it would go into go-slow mode. Who knows the go-slow mode? It just, yeah, it's not good, is it? And then you, you pull up, you turn it off, you turn it on, and off we went again. And I kept doing that for some time until no more. Had to take it to the garage. Um, so um, sometimes it's not good to ignore stuff. And then the second thing we can do is try and fix the problem ourselves. Like the time I tried to fix my patio. Um, who's ever bought an angle grinder? Tell you what, that is one of the best power tools ever. I went out and bought myself an angle grinder, and I tried to fix my patio. What I should have done was call Graham over there and got him to fix it, but I didn't. I thought, I can do this myself. And now I have what can only be called a, a very... What, what would be the word? Undulated. Yes, it's got texture. It's beautiful texture. Um, in fact, actually, what we've done this summer is we've gone and bought one of those patio rugs. Anyone bought one of those? And I've just laid it now, and it covers up all of my handiwork. I'm quite pleased with it. It looks lovely. Um, but, but what the point I'm trying to say sometimes, let's not try and fix stuff ourselves. Let's go to him. Go to him with your problems. Now, I'm not saying that life is easy. We life is hard. And for many of us, uh, we've got a definition heads of the way that God works. That is, we want everything to be fine in our life, and then we'll trust him. But actually, the reality is that's not how he works. And often, God doesn't save people from hardship. He saves them through the hardship, in the hardship. And this is really important point for us to grasp and understand that when we're learning to trust him, doesn't always save us from the hardship that we're in, in it. I go to God because his understanding is so, so better than our own. Jeremiah 29, this verse, so for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. He knows the plan. We do, we live in a culture where answers are at our fingertips all, all the time to Google or we can and uh, often she'll tell us. we like to know the plan but what Paul is saying here is God even though because he does, he does and his plans are always always for our good Romans 8 28 and we know Noah God didn't save Noah from the flood he saved him through the flood, in the flood. And uh, obedience to God was costly. He was ridiculed and laughed at by everyone for building a boat that was nowhere near any water whatsoever. It would be like us this morning saying, come on, guys, let's build an ark on Grey Cane Road. 
that will be good, and we will sit in it. The neighbors would think we've gone bonkers if we bought, built a boat in the middle of... But that's what Noah... His job wasn't to question. His job was to trust him and say, yes, yes, I will follow you. Even if he didn't understand why God had asked him to do it. And we know the end of the story. The flood came. God saved his people. Even if your what if happens. Let's start to change our what if prayers to even if prayers. And together, let's see what he does. And many of us, the reality is that we can struggle to trust. And then we have this burden of shame. Just struggling to trust. And then we begin to worry about, begin to feel like we've failed ourselves and we've failed God. But we know that in Scripture, God shows us that he has a plan for us. And we also assures us that there's more likeness. And we see examples of his people all through Scripture who have been shaped through We're honest. We still find ourselves panicking we feel like we failed. And guys, there's no shame in that at all. That is normal. I struggle to trust every day. This is when we need to look up and look to Jesus. And over the last few weeks, we've focused on a number of the characteristics of God. We've, we've looked at his love. We've looked at him being of hope, um, of faithfulness. God who we can be with in difficult situations. There is this truth that we really need to grasp, and that is that Jesus dismisses or send us away when we're struggling. He doesn't judge us when we're finding it hard to trust. He just says, come. Come. He doesn't judge us in our struggles. He doesn't judge us with our what-ifs. He just to him. And sometimes we can underestimate the power of prayer his father. Even in his darkest hour, Jesus, on the way to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prays to his Father, and he prays this, Matthew 26, 39. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. At his worst moment, when Jesus was most fearful, what did he do? He turned to his heavenly father and he said, Lord, please find another way. Find a way to take this suffering away from me. He wants us to bring our requests to him. God the Father knows our need. And I love that. Even Jesus brought his needs to the Father. So Paul is really gently reminding us here that when you've got a need, when you're anxious, he already knows, but he wants you still to bring it to him and tell him. God is active when we pray. God is active when we go to him. And as we move towards him, he moves towards us. In fact, he doesn't just walk towards us, he runs towards us. Um, it's like me with my kids. Um, they're a little bit older now, 18, 16, and 13, so um, they don't really like spending quite as much time with me anymore. 
I don't know why. I mean, who would not want to spend time with me? But they spend much more time in their room. So um, when they do want to spend time with me, I get a little bit excited, and I'll take the moment when I can. And Friday morning was one of those moments. I was downstairs in the kitchen, and Toby came in, who's 18. Dad, can I make you some scrambled eggs? Yes, you can, son. I would love that. So we had scrambled eggs, and we sat out in the garden, and we ate scrambled eggs together. And then he said, Dad, should we take Bonnie? my lovely little puppy, for a walk. Yes. So off we went for about 40 minutes. We had a lovely walk, and we chatted to him. But I, I took that opportunity, because it was kind of like, he wants to spend time with me, so I'm going to spend time with him. And that's what it's like with our father. He wants to spend time with you. He wants you to come to him. And as you come to him, he will spend time with you. He will run to, to, to you and will, and will grab that opportunity. When we feel like we're trapped... When we feel like there's no way out and everything seems impossible, look to Jesus. And we've been saying that a lot recently, look up, look to Jesus. Um, but it's truth. And it's such a foundational truth to our walk with Jesus. And Paul says that when we do this, when we come to him with thanksgiving, when we bring our request to him, when we look him in the eye, Peace follows, and that peace is a gift. That peace is a gift. And what's wonderful about this peace, it's not only a peace which is bigger than our understanding, it's a peace which is better, so, so much better than our understanding. As you know, it's been talked about a number of times over the last few weeks, I have worked for Starbucks and Heathrow in my career. And uh, so you will get a lot of analogies around coffee, food, and planes. I make no apology. You will get two this morning. Um, so uh, you're going to get a little airport image now. But um, just imagine, imagine for a moment that your heart and mind is an airplane. Now, I know we had onions the other week, but this morning, you're onions. No, you're not onions, you're airplanes this morning. Airplanes this morning. But just imagine that you are an airplane, and uh, you're going through the terminal, and uh, imagine that your baggage is passing through the x-ray machines, and your baggage is your thoughts and your emotions. So your thoughts and your emotions are baggage going through the security x-ray machines on uh, the, the conveyor belt. And um, they are being checked. The bags are being checked for anxieties and worries and stresses of life. Now, then just imagine that the security officer is the guardian of peace. Now, if the security officer wasn't there, then these bags with all of these anxieties and worries and stresses would pass through and they would get onto the plane. They would end up in you. But when we allow God's peace to fill us, it's like the security officer rocks up on shift He's present, he's there, he's watching, he's active, he's looking at the x-ray machine, he's checking that you've got no liquids over 150 mils or scissors, do not take scissors, but more importantly, he's scanning those bags for worries and anxieties and stresses, and he's pulling them off the conveyor boat before they can get on the plane. When we allow God's peace to fill us, he guards our hearts and our minds and he pulls the bags off the belt, which causes us distress and worry. God's invitation to us today is to trust. 
to not be anxious, but to go to God. Because when we go to God, he comes to us. Let his peace have an active part in your life. And as you do, he will guard your heart and your mind. He's the God of peace. That's who he is. It's what he does. And sometimes our lack of peace can make us feel as though we've been thrown out into a wilderness. And as I was just sort of reflecting on this a little bit this week, I was thinking about David and um, the Psalms of David. And um, when you read the Psalms, you, you see that David struggled with so many different uh, worries and stresses in his life. But you can also see that his relationship with God was forged and formed and strengthened in those moments of wilderness and confusion and questions. And when we read the Psalms, we get these glimpses of the various stages of his life, images of streams and mountains and valleys, and we see how God was molding him in the wilderness and how his dependency on God grew in those moments too. In Psalm 18, David proclaims the Lord is his strength, the Lord is his shield, his rock, his stronghold. And we see this vulnerability in David when he was in the wilderness, but we also see this utter, total dependency upon God and who he was. And then often in the wilderness, often in the wilderness, in the challenges of life, in our worries and anxieties, those are the moments we encounter his presence. We encounter God. The writer Henri Nuon said this, he said, the wilderness, those times when we're not at peace, is like a gray zone in our lives. It's the place of great struggle and of great encounter. It's the place where God so often chooses again and again to form us. It's the place where our facades, illusions, desires, and masks are removed, and we come face to face with our nothingness. It's the place where God strips us of our independence and rebellions and teaches us dependence upon him. God can use the wilderness seasons in our lives, the seasons in our lives when we're lacking peace, to be the place of transformation. Look at Moses in the Old Testament. He encountered the burning bush uh, in, the, in the wilderness. He encountered the inextinguishable presence and fire of God. And God commands him, take off your sandals, for this is holy ground that you're standing on. The presence of God transforms hard ground into holy ground. It's the place where he transforms us. His presence transforms us. And David, as we knew, was a, as we know, was a shepherd, and his job was to lead and to protect the sheep. And the safety of every flock of sheep is in the hands of their shepherd. And uh, Psalm 23, Psalm we know so much, but so truth. Uh, such truth in it. And he is expressing this place of total and utter dependency on God. And he declares that, that the shepherd makes him lie down in green pastures. And I love this image that it's not that we choose to lie down. It's not that we choose to lie down in peace. But he makes us lie down in peace. He makes a peaceful place where we feel safe, we feel secure, that we can lie down and rest. There is no substitute for the presence of Jesus to dispel the fear, panic, and terror sometimes of the unknown. 
And that's what Paul is saying to us in this verse in Philippians. The only presence that can calm our anxiety is the peace that transcends all understanding and flows directly from the heart of Jesus as we throw our dependency upon him. He stands in the middle of our sometimes chaotic and crazy lives and is perfect peace. Last story before I close. It's another airport one. I'm very sorry. Um, but uh, I, worked at, I worked at Heathrow for a number of years. And in, I think it was six years I worked there, I only got to go up the control tower once. Check out my corporate hair there. <laughs> Check out my tie. I used to go to work smart. Are you impressed? Well, um, that day... I took the presenters of MasterChef to the top of the control tower, there they are, uh, for a picnic. As you do, we thought, wouldn't it be nice to have a little picnic at the top of the control tower? So I took, took John and um, Greg up there, and as they were eating their picnic, and the press were doing what the press did, I went for a little bit of a wander around the control tower. I thought, I'm probably never going to get to do this again, so I went for a little adventure. And um, as I was kind of reflecting on that this week, the one thing that's kind of struck me as I've thought back on that time was, up at the top of the control tower, as you would hope, and I can reassure you, there is total peace and calm. And, uh, but as you look out on the airfield, it's just craziness down there. There's planes in and out. There's planes on the taxiways moving. And then you think of the hundreds of thousands of people in the terminals. There's just so much stuff, so much busyness on the ground chaos, yet standing in the middle of all of that craziness, there's this tower that is peaceful, calm, and serene. And sometimes when we look at our lives, uh, it, it just reminded me that when we look at our lives that are often a little bit chaotic and um, crazy, um, in the middle of it, there is a God who stands in the center of our lives there's a God who walks alongside us and beside us, who is calm, who is peace, who is strong, who doesn't flap when we flap. He doesn't worry. He just stands ever present, ever steady, and is there. He is above it all. Go to God. There are no hoops that we need to jump through. Go to God with thanksgiving. Tell him your need. Be honest with him. Go to God, and as you do, he will walk. He will run towards you because he wants to spend time with you. And when he does, you will see that he works all things for good, all things. So let's lift our heads up. Let's look into his face, and let's just breathe. Look into his eyes and breathe. And let the peace of God, which is beyond all understanding, calm your heart. Amen.